0: Look who is podcasting.
1: Jimmy. Happy New Year!
0: Happy New Year. Yeah. We're back. Uh well we're, we're back. We say that a lot lately, don't we? We're back. <laughs> we like saying that. I
2: don't know. We're like um
0: just you know
2: wearing out Arnie's famous catchphrase to everybody. <laughs> well, this is at least the first episode that we recorded for
0: 2024. How was your new year's man? It was good. I, I went down to the park, I saw Regurgitator, put on oh, a, a fun you know, family friendly show. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, you know, Regurgitator
2: Unit was the first album i bought myself
0: yeah really you're kidding
2: yeah like not you know like when you're a kid you know it was like mom dad can you buy this for me mm. that was the first one that i like saved up my own pocket money and bought
0: yeah oh that's so, awesome i, I remember yeah. i remember buying that cd and um loving it but really like noticing it had that that dreaded 18 plus sticker on it do you remember those stickers you would have oh yeah yep you'll sure go do. down to sanity or whatever and a cd would have the Warning, course language sticker, and then it would have some. Some of the rap, hip hop CDs had the, uh, um, the AV, kind of. Oh, that's right. Logo, yeah, they um, did. And then, um, or like parental advisory, you know, that black mm-hmm. and white thing that's sort of like iconic now. It and is then iconic, yeah. Some rap c- albums, yeah. Oh yeah, they were everywhere on those, and some yeah. CDs, including Unit Regurgitator. Um, yes. that had the 18 plus one and I remember buying it and loading it up and being like the first four or five tracks it's it's all pretty harmless I don't know right? what could possibly kick in that would make this 18 plus but then I will lick your asshole comes on it's like yep. oh, okay fair enough <laughs> yeah that's 100% why <laughs> yep. didn't really deserve the 18 plus um, sticker I feel did you ever yeah were you ever true. an Eminem fan yeah of course yeah well, because he had his Marshall Mathers LP and that had the 18 plus sticker on it as well. And I think that deserved it because there was some tracks at the end of that CD mm-hmm. that were like, holy shit, this is disturbing. <laughs> you know, where yeah. he's mocking, you know, murdering his ex-girlfriend or something. Oh, yeah, and, that's oh, right. Dear. Yeah. It was really yeah. intense. Listen, anyway, it got pretty dark. Yeah. It did. It was super dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Regurgitator, on the other hand, it's like, you know, Black Bugs yes. and What's at the End of the Rainbow and it's all... It's still a really good album. Um, oh, it's amazing, man. Yeah, I still have real... I mean, I have obviously a massive soft spot for that album
2: because of that, yeah. you know, history. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still... It's one of the ones where obviously I'm proud to admit that that was the first album I bought, you know? Like, I'm like, you know what? Looking back,
0: yeah, young me had a, had a, had a decent taste in music, it seems. So, <laughs> man, I remember the first CD I bought was um, The Lighthouse Family, High. Do you remember that single from the 90s? Um, no. <laughs> what it's like, that? for we are gonna be.
2: Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Flying high. So that was my first single. That's not as much of, like, I don't get many kudos for that one, I think. But, I um, mean, no, you don't. Know. <laughs> That's not the worst. Not the worst. Uh, But I think I had bought Spy- a Spider-Bait album as well. Oh, sick. Okay. So that, that redeemed that me one. a little bit. Yes. And then I, I was done. really big into The Offspring. So The Offspring were, like, some oh, cool. of the first... I bought their back catalogue, you know, um, saving up my pennies for an, another Offspring CD. But Nice.
2: Yeah. Uh, I still listen to Offspring on the, like, reg.
0: Yeah, I think uh, Dean and Angus and I, when we were hanging out, we put on XNay on the Hombre. And, nice, yeah. And it, it's got a few ups and downs, but mainly ups. It's It still mm-hmm. holds up pretty well. Anyway, we're not here to talk about anyway. the Offspring, although that would, be, that would be a very fun episode. Um yes, true. But this is our documentary double episode.
2: Yes, yeah, is a bit of a fun one for us, huh? Like it was a bit of a just whatever we both decided to pick. There was no like set rules or, you know, yeah. criteria.
0: Well, and I know you're a big documentary fan, so I thought this I would am. be um, like a, a good one just to kind of mix it up a bit. We've been doing 80s stuff for a while and we got to sneak in some um, more neutral, maybe not neutral, just non-80s topics, we got to sneak them in. Uh, and yep. before we do that, though, we got to say, you know, I am Tristan. And I am Jimmy. Yeah, and this is Lucas Podcasting. Uh, yeah, welcome. Thanks, everybody, for listening.
2: Thanks, everyone, for listening
0: and sticking with us. Uh, yeah, so this is our documentary double. Uh, we are going to cover the 2014 skateboarding doco, All This Mayhem, and then we're also going to shift to from what is it 1999 that this movie came out is it or is it a bit earlier i know it was filmed in like 94 but it wasn't released until a bit later maybe 97 yeah um, it sounds right
2: i actually don't have that up in front of me but um i think that's right
0: yeah but the the one we're going to kick off with is all this mayhem
2: don't want the pappas brothers to be remembered as oh, yes! just maniacs growing up was pretty hectic it was me and ben against the world we we're always looking for a rush smashing things or finding a stolen car everyone does don't they didn't they they were powerhouses they just killed all the contests.
0: the best in the world right now they just go for it Whoa!
2: we just didn't want the party to end what are you gonna do when you're young? On top of the world, mushrooms, ice, cocaine. There was a mound of it. It looked like Scarface. Yeah, hey, it was
0: party time. You gotta stop doing
2: it. Yeah. So I thought we chatted. I think maybe briefly in the Christmas episode. Um, I was very tired of that episode. I can't really remember what happened, but um, <laughs> I think uh, we talked a little bit about what our plans for the documentary double were gonna be. Um, and I was saying about how could have you know could have easily have chosen a you know, Errol Morris classic or, you mm. know, like A Thin Blue Line or something, you know, many will talk about and discuss in, you know, documentary film school classes. But I thought, you know what? No, let's do something that I just genuinely enjoyed watching. So this is All This Mayhem, 2014 documentary. It's about Tuz and Ben Puppers, the two brothers who were, very successful uh skateboarders during the mid nineties and basically they're Rise and Fall. It's by Eddie Martin, who's an Australian documentarian. Yeah. I actually have not seen his other movies, but he's done a few um fairly successful Australian documentaries. Yeah, he directed Have You Seen The Listers, uh We Were Once Kids. Um no, and Firefront, which is I think came out last year and that's about the um those terrible fires we
0: had a couple of years back. Oh, no, I haven't seen that um, documentary. That'd be pretty, pretty intense. Yeah.
2: So all of them are really good. I mean, even if you look at his IMDb, I think the lowest he has is a 6.7 and out of like a, you know, seven movies or something, they're all seven, eights. They're all fairly consistent and fairly, um, I think hmm. it seems generally considered a fairly good modern Australian documentary filmmaker.
0: Yeah, well, this movie was, was awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. it was really, I loved it like as a bit of a time capsule. And it starts out and you're seeing like suburban Melbourne. Like I didn't, I'm not yeah. as old as those guys. I was born in the mid 80s, but it's still like a nice time capsule of those areas of Melbourne. I think they it says they grew up around Northcote. You know, and then they would go to the Paran skate park and stuff like that. Totally,
2: totally. I mean, were you a skateboarder when you were a kid?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Always wanted a skateboard in the country, but there was only one big major road with um, big dairy trucks rolling down a bit too quick. So I wasn't allowed to have one. And as soon as I moved to the suburbs, I was about 14 though. So I kind Mm -hmm. of, I feel like I needed to start a little bit earlier. I never got very good at skateboarding, but I definitely, you know, visited the local skate parks and um I was a bit too crap I couldn't really do anything there. Our friend Dino <laughs> I can, is I a lot better to than that. me.
2: Oh yes actually yeah shout out to Dino our good mate and listener of this podcast who's a yeah he's he's quite good and he's kept it up which I um, wish I could say the same. I uh, also was a bit of a skater growing up but um I I think I was okay but I was never um I didn't have the um the guts I guess I didn't have I didn't have that yeah. pain threshold.
0: Oh yeah, so yeah,
2: for me it was like the older I got the more I was like you know I could try those that set of stairs or I could not and avoid getting a broken leg or something and so I would just as the years went on I just went like ah you know what I'm I mostly just cruised around it was more like transportation than it was for um doing tricks or anything.
0: Yeah. Oh it it, uh, it definitely is like mind over matter when you're rolling up to a set of stairs and you have to yeah. you know you have to do the do the thing to get you to the bottom safely. I was I was <laughs> yeah. bailed out. I could never um you know build up the guts to just go for it. You know, yeah, which oh, is man. something they say in this movie constantly is mm-hmm. that you sort of disregard pain or you disregard consequence. You just have to what does he say? He's got a term for it, like barnsing it. But you just it. Yep. are gonna go for broke no matter what. And absolutely. Yeah. And these kids, like it's, it's great because it starts out with them. It's sort of someone else that was attending these skate parks as well as describing these two little brothers that just couldn't skate or hadn't skated before. It seemed like they had not, but they mm-hmm. came to this big half pipe and just started at the bottom and started, you know, pumping on the skateboard and making their way up. And it seems like they got really good, really quick, right? Yes. Because before yeah, you know so it, they're seeing... dropping in and, and, um, and getting air and, yeah.
2: Totally. So it was, yeah, Paran Skate Park in 988. So our Melbourne listeners will know where that is. Um, and, yeah, I will quickly say before we get further into them, like they obviously blew up, um, as the documentary talks about, but as a country kid growing up and skateboarding, I knew, like we were not that far away from Melbourne, like yourself as well, mm. uh, even though we're in the country, but it was still, I knew people who knew them. Oh, really? And and they would be like, oh, you know, and people would just talk about, like, you know, mm. like about them. Like, they were just kind of like folk heroes to many kids growing up skateboarding in Australia, especially in, like, Melbourne or rural areas. Oh, um, for sure, yeah. That I was sort of like, oh, my God, you know, like, you know, I saw Ben and, or I saw Taz here and it was like, mm. they talk about, you know, like, going back to his house and they would just watch, skateboard videos all day long um yeah like that reminded me of mates i knew growing up and that you know we would do the same thing oh that definitely
0: reminded me of um what me and my friends would do you know go out for a skate and then go home or before you would skate you would watch skate videos to pump you up like there was that you know the flip sorry tape got done a lot there was a and a lot of like shitty australian tapes because you go to the skate shop and you would find, you know, kind of like the discount bin oh my God, yeah. of these skateboarding videos. But some of yeah. those tapes, like despite having low quality, would have some really great Australian skateboarders um, like doing wild shit. Oh, totally. But not as not as crazy as like the impact that it seems that these two brothers had on the Australian skateboarding scene. Because at this point, like in the early 90s, mm-hmm. there is... Um, and Like, there's no way near the same level of technicality in tricks today no. that you see, like, you know, the wild shit that happens in street skating these days. But they would, uh, from what I understand from the docker, like, they were doing tricks that were pushing the boundaries and, um, like, including flips in tricks, including moves that you might do street skating on the vert ramp. So, but they are mainly vert skaters as well. They are, um, yeah. So, they're on that half pipe most of the time. Yeah,
2: you're absolutely right. They sort of... Yeah adding all these traditionally sort of more skate, sorry, street uh, skateboarding tricks to vert and then sort of, you know, kind of reinvigorated interest in
0: vert skating as a result. And how crazy was it too, when they're talking about their childhood and, um, you know, like the fights their parents would get into. Oh yeah.
2: And growing up as Bogans. Yeah. In St.
0: Albans. Yeah. Uh, So you get that a lot. You, You get a,
2: This documentary is a lot of, um, kind of cutting between a lot of interview footage of either Taz or of the two friends, the Greg and Dom, Mm -hmm. who were like mates from back in the skate park, who one became kind of more of like a skateboard videographer, another one was just a fellow skateboarder. And it's kind of cuts mostly between those three, I feel like. Uh, and you get a few other people later on, like you get a few Americans, uh, when they end up moving to America, but, um. It starts with those three, and it's yeah. And then Taz is talking about growing up in St Albans, and what was a half Greek, half Aussie family. And mum and dad were getting these like, you know, fights on the on, pretty regularly, and to the extent where like it was not out of the blue for to see mum. What was it throwing, knocking dad out with an ashtray?
0: Yeah, they're like, <laughs> oh, you know, dad would dad would hit mum, and then. You think, oh, shit, is mum okay? But then mum comes back with a ashtray to dad's head. It's like, oh, Jesus.
2: Yeah, what did he say? It's, oh, dad's dead. <laughs> and he like, yeah. Oh,
0: my God. <laughs> it's like you, you have a little giggle, but then it's also Jesus Horrible? Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Especially considering what happens later on, just that kind of mm-hmm. you know, cycle of abuse that's kind of um, getting to. But the, the docu- that's one thing that I will say. Like, I had, when you said you want to do this movie, um, and I, I figured, you know, like, skateboarding is going to be you know some drugs behind the scenes and some partying and and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but i just wasn't expecting that uh that kind of level of it
2: oh no i think this this movie like i mean that was part of why i love it so much was that it really um surprised me i was not expecting the turns it takes especially in the last you know 15 20 minutes you're like holy shit what next
0: and there are parts where, like, you're, you're really rooting for them. Yep. More so Taz, the older brother. So mm-hmm. Taz is the older brother. Yes. And it's Ben, right? Ben, ben yeah. And I believe he's they're the younger two years brother.
2: apart. I think, it's, I think that's right.
0: Yeah. But you get the sense, like, early on that they're kind of, you know, they're best friends. They're mm-hmm. sort of hanging out together, pushing each other, constantly skating together. And, um, uh, yeah, you really root for them at times. More Absolutely. so, I was saying they're more so for Taz because he's, He's on in front of the camera more giving an interview. Mm-hmm. Um, ben is not giving interviews in this film. Yeah. No. Uh, so, like, at a very early age, like, they're getting very good and they make that decision that they're going to, like, try to get to America and have a dint on the, you know, American scene as well. Like, they've been watching American skate videos. Yeah. They're idolizing these people and they're like, that's where it's at. That's where we have to be.
2: That's where we are, yeah, exactly.
0: And it's like I-
2: impressive. You know, I mean, Taz is only 16 and he saves up money and. He moves to America,
0: which is huge. It's pretty crazy, like, when you think about it. I mean, did you, you know, it'd be wild, like, having them as friends and then seeing them get that good and then just having them go to America and, you know, eventually what they're uh, doing is, you know, going in competitions with, like, Tony Hawk and these big names and stuff. It'd be crazy, Mm -hmm. like, having them as childhood friends and then seeing them get there. Oh, my God. I mean, um, like, growing up, we had – there were always those kids – that were clearly like naturally gifted with skateboarding mm-hmm. yep like some of them would get sponsored by you know big companies like globe and all that yeah including and, them yeah. and
2: they but they were like like what was it they were like 12 13 or something you know like they were very early teens yeah when um they got sponsored <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, that's that's one thing too. Like this this movie, I know I said before that it's a time capsule, but it really does. Yes. Um, cover some things that you're not. I don't know if there are any other skateboarding documentaries fixated on that time period.
2: It's mm-hmm. a good point. It really does
0: give you um. And not not a great deal of the movie is dedicated to that stuff, but what little bits that you do get, I really, um, I really enjoyed that. Really yes, yeah, having yeah. that. <laughs> It made me pretty nostalgic for, like, I was doing that kind of thing more in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, same. It made me nostalgic for, like, walking to a skate shop. and. You know. It did. It did. Um, yeah,
2: me too. Uh, but I, I also think that this documentary is works as, it's hard. It's hard for me, I think, to maybe to separate that, but I believe that it also works well for people who don't, uh, didn't grow up with skateboarding or don't really have an interest in skateboarding, I think as the characters are interesting enough and the story goes interesting wild directions that it's you know gonna be enjoyable for even people who have you know no interest in skateboarding.
0: yeah, it does a really good job of um bringing people into the world and like before Tony Hawk's skateboarding, you know the game sort of blew up, and yes, um in the late nineties there was like it it covers really well just that buzz about skateboarding that was kind of growing locally and overseas and, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, really, really great shit. Uh, but so after like, I suppose, um, once they get there, like, did you, like, when was the first time you watched this movie actually? Let me ask you that. Oh, good question. Yeah. Um, well, actually not that long ago, like two, three years ago. Okay. So, um, and did you know much about them before you, saw this documentary like did you know where the documentary was going no i didn't
2: i knew their names growing up but it was more like you know just someone offhand remarks or like oh you know i ran in or you know so-and-so knows taz or so-and-so saw ben at the skate park or something like that that was all i kind of knew about them yeah. and that was you know just a high school kid kind of thing um but it was not i didn't know um didn't know anything about Trajectory of their lives or what happened. So, yeah. How about you? Did you oh, know much nothing. about
0: them? No, no, like virtually nothing. I knew them by name alone and I didn't like, I wasn't into, um, I wasn't following like individual skateboarders at all growing up. I just yep. loved, you know, buying magazines and um, being into the culture without really like having heroes or it feels like when you um, are at that age and you've got. Like a video game introducing mm-hmm. you to these certain people. You kind of like adopt one of their style, like, oh, I'm more of a Jeff Rowley kind of guy. You know, yes. I wanna I wanna be <laughs> yeah. this sort of attitude and it's like, oh, I really like Jamie Thomas. I want to wear a black hoodie and baggy jeans and shave my head. <laughs> it's like yeah. okay. Um but I never really yeah, followed them or knew um uh, yeah, like I said, new one by name alone. I didn't realise the impact that they had though on even overseas. Like yeah. thinking about they, they, like they had that moment for sure, but um, just how fucking skilled they were, just how talented those dudes were on the vert ramp. Totally. Um, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't
2: know either. I mean, um, Danny Way is another skateboarder who gets uh, mentioned a lot in this documentary and cause they ended up uh, long story short, Taz uh, moves to America, saves up uh, money at 16 uh, moves to a skate park in uh, Tamba. Tampa, Tampa. Anyway, in Florida. Tampa, Tampa, Boomba, Boomba. Moves to Florida. Uh, sorry to American listeners there. Um, moves to Florida and ends up skating there. And then comes two years later. Uh, yeah, they both move uh, to San Diego uh, and then start skating with Danny Way and his new company platinum Mm. anyway why i brought all this up is because then of course danny way and more so that tommy guy i mentioned a fair bit in the in the the documentary and i had no idea that these that ben and taz had anything to do with him or that company or anything like that but he was another one that i remember liking when i was a kid so even though I was probably more like you, I didn't really have um real connection to a lot of skateboarders' names besides, you know, the Tony Hawk video games. Yeah. Um, but it was I just remember like looking at other friends like magazines or things like that and being like, Holy shit, especially with Danny Wade doing those ridiculous massive ramp, like where you jumped out of like he didn't you jump out of a helicopter once into a into a skate ramp. They mentioned some of the stuff in the documentary about here, like oh even Danny Way started getting into the uh, over the top um, Yeah, yeah. You can tell you know, Taz
0: has like a bitter, cynical approach to it. Yeah. You know, skate- skateboarding got like stunts, you know, it got it, ridiculous exactly. and stupid and it wasn't accessible the way yeah. it used to be. Um, you know, kids can't access this. Insane massive ramp to be able to pull off, you know, like jumping the Great Wall of China and stuff.
2: Which, yes, that's right, he does. That's right. That's the other one he does. Yes, he does a, he jumps over the Great Wall of China. But, uh but, you know, uh, as much as I can see taz's point of view, I, as a kid, thought I was badass and it got me really stoked and excited to skate as well, you know. So like, I was, and I thought, it was pretty and I cool. thought Danny Way was a, a was just a dude. I'm like, holy shit, I can't believe he jumped over a helicopter. I can't believe he jumped the Great Wall of China. So, it's that dude. No,
0: it was, it's pretty, still pretty cool to be able to do. Like, no shit, not everyone's going to be able to do it with that sort of ramp. It's just cool to, cool to fucking watch. It's like, someone did it, yeah. It's like when those, you know, um, uh, those dirt bike dudes are doing like backflip supermans um, over these insane ramps. It's like, dude, I don't care. It's pure spectacle. (laughs) Yeah, but Taz has a, he's, he's got a reason to be you know, um, bitter, bitter and cynical, and yes. it's mainly self-inflicted. It seems mm-hmm. from this film. Like one thing the film says, where you know um, that they included it in the interviews, it's uh, it's either Ben or Taz talking to the camera. I think it might even be Ben, but he's mm. talking about how you know, um, you, you know, once you've gotten over that party drug sort of lifestyle. Um, it it doesn't pay off. Like you end up sort of reaping what you sow a little bit, you get kind of get what you deserve. And, yeah, okay. and, and Taz feels like the skateboarding scene kind of shunned him or ousted him, but it, it seems like he wasn't the most chill guy. <laughs> he, no. There's a lot of cocaine use in this film. A lot of people describing him as like an obnoxious kind of selfish dude. And, um, and scenes where he is, like, interrupting events to... Because he's just so high. Like, he yeah. at one point in the film, he gets a... He's got a back problem and he can't skate for a little while. Mm-hmm. So, but he's still in America and he's still partying, living the life. So, he's kind of... Um, I guess he's using up a lot of the money that was meant for the skate company. Yes, for Danny Way's By company. buying yep. cars. Yeah, like, buying stuff they don't need. And... Um, yeah like interrupting skate events like i said mm-hmm. uh getting trying to get like the the whole crowd to join yes. him in this weird chant he's just he's just so clearly off his head but it, like the skateboard industry kind of does um i don't know if they turn their back on him a bit but they it feels like he just doesn't get included even though he he does have this great achievement he's not you know his name is kind of kept from the same thing you know like Tony Hawk's video game comes out mm-hmm. and the names that you see in that player roster or character roster for that video game are popping up all over this this film. Mm-hmm. You know, like Bob Bernquist or like Bucky Lasek or yep. whatever. Yep. And he's like, to, to find out what he achieved, eventually, this is Taz It's like what he achieved in competitions mm-hmm. um, before like one of his downfalls. He has many downfalls. Uh, and to think like, dude, that dude should have been included. You know, he was at a certain point as good as these other names that we are seeing in culture, especially from those video games, absolutely, like those, those Tony Hawk video games really launched all of those people included into you know like the public domain,
2: absolutely, yeah, no, well said. Um, yeah, I think going back to his personality, I mean, even one of his friends says that right at the, like early on in the documentary that Taz was, was what do you say, Tuz was an in your face kind of guy, yeah, he'd go hard, he'd get mad, couldn't learn a trick, um, he was just. You know, you wouldn't, when you say you wouldn't be surprised if you saw boards go flying. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, if he, was, if he missed a
0: trick, yeah. Yeah,
2: exactly. He'd throw his board or something. So, like, yeah, I think even just from that aspect, there was a lot of things, I'm sure, that he you know a lot of relationships that he probably were, didn't do a lot of favours for yeah. the, during those times. So, yeah.
0: That's one thing I thought, though, that the movie did quite well um, was just sort of laying it out flat for the audience you know mm-hmm. not sort of sugarcoating anything really I, I feel like there were big chunks missing in the second half of the film it was you know the timeline was jumping but um it still was like damn this is a warts and all kind of yeah well you know, said. depiction of these people yeah um so and should we get to like I keep referencing this big achievement that he you know did before a downfall should we talk about what that was like the big competition moment and that's one of the best bits of the whole documentary is yeah is this this build up to a competition like in the at the start you know the film is covering the rise of you know skateboarding's popularity in Australia but it's also touching base on America and Tony Hawk's name is popping up mm-hmm. and um earlier on there's like a good rivalry forming they're saying you know i've got to get to america got to beat tony hawk you know he's the one to beat (laughs) yeah so should we get to that competition
2: we should yeah so he was sort of the i think tony hawk was the you know the uh leading vert skater for many years and so you know taz had his eyes on that uh championship and uh you know before we get to the what i think what you're talking about ben and taz are out there competing in the world and they're one and two in many competitions. And then by the end of the year, I think it was
0: 1995.
2: Yeah. Yeah, 1995. I think maybe I'm wrong. But anyway, what's to say? By the end of 1995, they were uh, ranked number one and two, with Tony in number three.
0: Yeah. Crazy, right? Yeah. Um, like that these brothers from St. Albans are, are one and, oh, sorry, well, they're two and three at this point, like ranked for, you know, competition wise. And Tony Hawk is the only thing in their way from being like, from like dominating the whole skateboarding world mm-hmm. at that point. Yeah. And something that, you know, I like talking about how I w- had no awareness of it. I was, it was like, damn, this is great. It was such a fun, like learning experience, getting through this film and having it unfold. And then eventually, you know, like heartbreaking, but oh, this is one of the best moments, the, the build up to this, you know, challenging Tony Hawk. And, and they've, they've challenged him a few times in other competitions and, like you just said, they're they're two and three. They're sort of right on his tail.
2: Yes, that gets us to nine ninety six. Uh, as you're saying, Ben Tuss and Tony Hawk, are one, two, and three. This vert competition is literally the world championships, as they say. There's literally one point in it.
0: You know? Yeah, that that's uh, a crazy thing too. Like the the who's doing these scores? There's always they're always like, oh, it's tied. Yeah, oh, damn, really how mean. technical are these scorings that they're doing I with, when she's tied?
2: And who are these judges? Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know how it works. Um, and it's like,
0: its it feels like it's out of 100 or something. Yeah. You know, one person is 996 points and the other one is 995 points. Totally. Like, Jesus Christ, this is like some pitchfork media level um, <laughs> scoring going on. It's insane. Totally. So, yeah, so Tony Hawk has his, uh,
2: you know, solid run, but as Taz says, nothing new. Uh, Ben struggles. Um, he's having these lower back issues and then Taz comes in first in the qualifier. Yeah. Uh, but as Taz says, Hawk is, was a very smart competition skater. He's a chess master on a skateboard as far as a comp run goes, but I wasn't interested in that. So Taz ends up breaking his rib doing a 720.
0: Yeah. You like, he bails at at, at the last trick of the run. doesn't Kind of. Stacks um, on the pipe, and and he says at that moment I knew I had broken a rib. It's like oh Jesus, yeah, it looked pretty gnarly. But he thought it, He thought his run was over. He was like, well, that's okay. Well,
2: that's it because he has his he has this amazing first run. Yeah, and he's like, you know, sweet, you know, um, first in the qualifiers. Like, all right, sweet, um, you know, I'm probably going to be okay. But then, as you were saying, the how arbitrary the uh, scoring is. Yeah. Tony ends up tying it, uh, so Tony and Taz end up having to do a runoff. Oh, Which God. is kind of like a sudden death, I guess.
0: Yeah. It, it does seem like a little bit intentionally, you know, with the scores being that specific. Right. It's like, oh, okay, they're drumming it up to be like a big event. You know?
2: Yes. I was on top of the rolling. And I'm like, what have I got to lose now? My ribs already broken, so I might as well just go for it. If I didn't win, I just wanted to be known as the guy who went completely ballistic. Yeah, and which is kind of like, as someone who doesn't know anything about, you know, these events prior to this documentary, I was like, ah, oh, get fucked! Like I thought, you yeah, know, they were going to steal it away from Taz, like, because you know you're rooting, you're rooting for him, you know, a little bit. Like if, even though you were saying the documentary is fairly good at just sort of laying laying open just some details, you're still kind of rooting for him a little bit. Oh, you're absolutely rooting for him, uh, like
0: even though he's. Uh, kind of a shitty obnoxious person there is something yeah because like i said taz is being interviewed throughout the whole film you're getting his perspective on it and he's always like really honest and um and open about his shortcomings
2: totally and he's got this clear drive and determination that's kind of admirable yeah and you are rooting for him him." yeah so you're like oh no he's gonna have it's gonna be this runoff he's got this broken rib oh man like tony's probably gonna win it like oh what a like you know stolen from him but no it works out yeah tos has a great run even though you know i mean intense to skate with a broken rib but he does it I and mean, he becomes if bewildered uh becomes the uh world champion <gasps>
1: Blue in Las Vegas, Tony Hawk and Tuss Papas went head to head for a final. They did it again today, as you saw.
0: And I'm going to tell him for the first time, Tuss, you're the champion. I don't know if you know that, but you won the contest. Did I? Nah. You won the contest. Right. You serious? Yes, you did. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of an unbelievable reaction. That moment's really fun, yeah, where the interviewer is talking to him. He's like, you won. He's like, no, I didn't he's just very funny <laughs> yeah. and then after that uh, you know they, they have this moment where it's like oh tony hawk yeah, came up and he was yeah. all like oh i should have won and then they um yeah they, they get quite upset with him and, and tell him to fuck oh. off <laughs> oh yeah what's it was what does taz say uh fuck off you wanker you can't fuck even off, flip hawk. your board you're prick <laughs> <laughs> yeah and 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 it's sort of like yeah okay now i know why they're not in the tony hawk games and why they're not sort of up there exactly um you know, any if anyone out there is uh, at all interested in what we're talking about, I definitely recommend listening to Tony Hawk has a podcast out at the moment, and oh, really? um, yeah, do a search for him and you'll find his pod. But also shows where Tony Hawk has been a guest talking about his journey through skateboarding and his experience because it's mm-hmm. it's so interesting, like that guy's career and the choices that he made. Um, especially when it comes to like the video game and where that got him. Yeah. Because uh just really yeah, really great, interesting listen. Yeah. But at this point in the back back to the doco though. It, yes. At this point, essentially, Taz is world number one. Mm-hmm. His brother Ben is, I guess, number three. He's number two. Well, I think,
2: Oh, wait, no, maybe he's number three. Yeah, with, sure. if yeah, if Hawks right.
0: coming in second, yeah, he would, he would be number three.
2: No, that would make sense. He made number three. Yeah, and yeah.
0: um, and you know, they're riding high, but this is like we said, there's going to mm-hmm. be downfalls, and Ben kind of is at one point, I think he, he wants to go back to Australia, doesn't he? He wants to yes. go home and he decides he's going to smuggle some coke and he gets busted. It's so dumb. It's like, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that's right. kind of the beginning of the end. They, they actually reference that in the film where Ben getting busted is sort of the real beginning of the end. Like they've been oh, partying right. and doing coke and being silly, like we said, but mm-hmm. this is the point where um, things are going to spiral. Agreed. Okay, so yeah, at this point, yeah, Ben's busted for smuggling coke. Does he go to jail? Yeah, he gets arrested at Melbourne
2: Airport um, with a hundred grams in his sole of his shoe. Oh, it's
0: and so as stupid. a result,
2: he won't be allowed back into the United States. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember if he got jail time though, but yeah, he definitely um, ruined his career.
0: Yeah, and and one thing is like he's never like you said he's never going to be able to come back to the US. Yeah, and Taz is like lamenting on that. You know, uh, it was me and him against the world. Now it's just me. There's no one else here that's got my back. He feels like, like we were saying before, he feels like the skateboarding scene. He's kind of a bit of a, um, a bit of an outcast at this point due to his behavior and Mm -hmm. you know, burning bridges, things like that. His skateboard company that he was affiliated with is going under. There's no cash left, stuff like that. And now he's just feeling worse, but. He, um, he, I think he goes on like a bit of a bender and is in recovery, meets a woman, he falls in love and he has a kid and you're like, oh man, Taz is doing well. He's now got this drive to, you know, provide for his kid and do really well. And he's like, I'm just going to, you know, get back exactly. into skating. And you're like, yeah, fuck yeah, go Taz. Yeah. And um, at this point we cut back to the aftermath of like Ben's life back in Australia and he's not having a good time.
2: No, poor, poor Tuz. Yeah, I'm sorry, poor Ben is, um, yeah, just really, really struggling with it. But he does have a few moments where he starts skating again with his old mates, and that kind of brings him back to Earth. But, um, I think he's just, yeah, having a bit of, you know, Dealing with uh, depression, dealing with, you know, drug abuse and things like that, which, you know, gaining weight as a result and stuff like that. So yeah,
0: was, oh, a lot of mentions of his weight. The Very uh, weight shamey in this. Little Kind <laughs> of yeah. the ramp. is a fat dude it's with two fat dudes skating. It's like, oh, okay. Made yeah. me yeah. Uh, take a good look in the mirror. If, if this is fat, then I need to. Uh, <laughs> uh, I need to cut out the fucking blocks of chocolate. Anyway. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like he does look, he doesn't look good. He looks unhealthy. No,
2: he's having a bit of trouble. Yeah.
0: Not, not to be fat shamey, but he, he looks depressed. He looks like he's not, not in a good way. Yeah. And he meets, he meets a girl and, um, like this mysterious girlfriend that he has. And it's like, as soon as they said they never met her and they just hung out, I was like, I was clearly on heroin or clearly a drug addict Mm -hmm. and they were just, yeah, like drug addicts together.
2: Yeah. Lynette. Yeah, I mean, it just goes gets worse and worse as time goes on. I think it's sort of pretty much two years go by from that event. Yeah. We did miss one big event between that, or we're going to go back to the uh, the X Games.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah,
2: totally. So, yeah, obviously, as you mentioned, Ben meets Lynette, uh, and then his downward spiral gets worse after two years. But while that's happening, Tyler's on the other side of the world in the US is, you know, try to redirect... His attention and try and knuckle down and he's you know now got a, a wife and two kids and so he's um trying to really get back into the competition and he's trying to land one of the at this point in, in time anyway a trick that had never been done before the 900
0: yeah it's his ticket back into um I guess back into the scene really like to being a respectable skater because you know like they were on top of the world and then they've They've fallen from that. So he wants to um, get back on it. And also in a way to, you know, to kind of redeem his brother as well. To exactly. get that respect back for the family name mm-hmm. after his brother being arrested for smuggling coke. So at this, you know, he's he's really close as well. That footage of him doing it is it's amazing, man, right? He's Eli. it's great. Yeah. And, and his his version of it is you can see like he does have a different kind of... You know, with a keen eye, you can sort of see Tony Hawk's doing the nine hundred, and then Taz doing the nine hundred. He does have, I think, like it's more smooth, it's more clean, mm-hmm. um, it looks more effortless when he's attempting the nine hundred.
2: Yep, and it just seems like bigger for some reason. I don't know. It just seems like he, he like maybe gets more air when he does. I don't know what it is, but yeah, I I agree with the the smoother as well.
0: Yeah, there, there's a noticeable difference, like yes. side by side comparison, and you know, Taz. Spoiler alert. Big spoilers for yes. everything.
2: Yeah, squares. Quickly, yeah, uh, before we move on. Um, there's we're probably we're gonna, you know, try not to go too much detail of every little thing that happens in this movie, but we are going to spoil a fair chunk of it. So if you haven't watched it, please, please go watch it.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Like your enjoyment will be hindered knowing what's coming. If you're we at all interested, please watch it. Yeah, exactly. But um, Okay, so spoilers. At this point, you know he he doesn't land the nine hundred, and he's not going to land the nine hundred.
2: Yeah, he's struggling um, with it. Um, but people, you know, people were paying a lot of attention. You know, uh, Danny Minich starts filming Taz a lot. He's another fellow skater that he meets while in the U.S. Um, he's that it's his footage that you see, um, and then you know, an old Trans World uh, photographer Grant starts taking photos of him as well, which they allege. Yeah, he uh showed to Tony Hawk and other people. Uh, and then yeah, you fast forward to the nineteen ninety nine X games. Yes. And Taz is like, all right, now's my chance. I'm in front of the world stage, I can pour for nine hundred. Yeah, that was his plan. But he's not allowed to enter the not allowed to enter the best skate trick competition. They will not allow to crazy. Him. Yeah, right?
0: Crazy. Crazy. Like they um they really did engineer it mm-hmm. to be Tony Hawk's moment. And Taz is like, "Hey, why can't we do like a, you know, like a rivalry thing, a back and forth?" Yeah. Taz is sort of you get the sense as well, like, "Yes, you you have burned those bridges." Yeah. In the scene. Not like the scene shouldn't in my opinion, it shouldn't be that it should be, you know, talent is rewarded mm-hmm. and skill and ability are rewarded regardless of like politics and whatnot. Yep. But that that's one thing um that you see over the course of the film is skateboarding going from this subculture to this insanely popular mainstream thing exactly. on ESPN yeah. and yeah. the X Games. And it is, you know, it's going to be slightly choreographed from here on out in terms of mm-hmm. um, who's on the pedestal, you know, who's, uh, yeah who's getting.
2: And you said, you said it well before about spectacle. Yeah. It's a lot about just getting attention on skateboarding. And obviously that's one of the arguments they say, this it was that it got a lot of people interested, myself included. You know, I was one of those kids, yeah. It was like, wow, that's amazing. I can't believe you know, Bernquist did that loop. You know, I can't believe Danny Way jumped over the, the uh, yeah, the great world China. You know, like things like that was like, wow. And I got, you know, got eyeballs on skateboarding. So, you know, there is an argument to be said, but yes, the, the what they do in this competition is you know, it's a bit dirty. It feels like it should be about the best, not about just. You know, well, not letting
0: him enter is like just you know awful.
2: It's just awful. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It, they wanted it to be a certain thing. They wanted it to be Tony Hawk's moment. Tony Hawk pulls off the nine hundred, of course. You know, like mm-hmm. and um, Taz is left kind of shit. You know, and, um, and I the love movie this. kind I'm of. Also,
2: sorry, to cut you out. I love that what he nah. what he says to um, Taz. How he's like frustrated he didn't get the shot at, at, at it, and he says, "Yeah, quote what what a weasel maneuver." least give me a chance he may have beat me to it but at least i could have had a shot for shot
0: yeah man and that's something that hands on a hard body is like is it's going to come back yeah um when we talk about hands on a hard body just just the just giving it a go and yeah just the you know even losing the the, something from hands on a hard body is um, one of the best quotes that you know so many great things about that movie that we'll get to. But yes. one of the quotes from that is saying there's value in losing and... Um and Taz Pappas didn't even get a chance to to try exactly. So I, I I know what you mean, like it's that frustration that he's feeling, yeah, and you really feel
2: for him and uh, for a good reason, um because yeah, he's right, like it's and I think also it was admirable that he even says like you know, yeah, Tony may have beat me to it, mm. like even even he admits like you know he says this multiple times, I said I was surprised as much as I think this documentary I've read some articles to people like, oh, Tony Hawke a bad um you know." uh, look in this documentary or, you know, bad perspective of him, but it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, but also I don't think Taz is literally like the whole documentary is just, he does have moments where he does call him names and stuff, but he has moments where he's also like, has respect. Yeah. You know, he says about how he's a good businessman. Like, he, you know, he's got good business sense. I think was the word he used at one point. Um, you know, he talks about this where he's like, he could have, he could have beat me to it. Like, you know, he, he doesn't, he says he is he finds him i can't remember the exact word he he way he describes it, but he says something like you know he's a bit of a uh boring skateboarder but he doesn't say he's a uh, a bad skateboarder, you know like he yeah he's knows he's got skill, you know so i think oh, i totally i like that too i like that he's uh you know you can tell he's got some respect even if he doesn't like the guy
0: there's an uh, there's a level of humility that he displays throughout the film like he, he is exactly. he is a good interviewer you know he does um he isn't like deluded in that sense mm-hmm. but the film like saying that it makes tony hawk look bad i i totally understand that but i also you know the like that line from the film about reaping what you sow like it really does feel like yeah you, Taz, you he didn't get a shot at it and it's kind of like from his own making a little bit. Yeah. I know I was just saying a moment ago that it should be based on skill regardless of politics, but, you know, that's sort of the world isn't fair. You know, like he did put himself into that corner a little bit mm-hmm. um, with his behavior and sort of his drug use and um, anyway. Yeah, it's very true. We're, we're, we're getting to the, you know, what we're getting to the end here with this film, but one of the things that really uh, upset me was, you know, like you're rooting for Taz and he's, he's got kids now and he wants to mm-hmm. make money and do anything. And then he says he, you know, he, he fucks up and there's like a domestic violence uh, thing he gets sent to jail for, you know. and
2: the, Well, prior to that, I mean, he is, you know, obviously his competition doesn't go well and he, you know, um, he's just had his second kid and he's trying to do all these comps. So you can't get into these big comps. You know, you can't get into these S games and stuff. You know, so he's doing a lot of these smaller skating events and yeah working his butt off basically. But to keep him going, keep him work through the pain, to keep him uh awake, basically, he turns to ice and then that what becomes like a something to, you know, help him through the day becomes a bender.
0: Oh yeah. He's clearly not a guy that can just Reli I love how casually he mentions he just did a bit of ice it's not a bit yeah, of ice no just to <laughs> just, to, just to have the energy and no, well, shit, I'm high now. Why not just be high for the next five days? <laughs>
2: exactly. Because at first you're kind of like, okay, maybe I can see your logic for that. And then it's like, okay, you know, <laughs> you can
0: see some logic having a bit of eyes Just a, well, yeah. At first, sure. you're like,
2: oh, I mean, you know, I mean, it's kind of like the whole, uh, you know, um, cup of coffee, truck driver speed thing, where you're like, well, you know, yeah, it's probably not, it's not <laughs> the best thing, but I can see where the truck drivers coming from of like, well, I need to get this thing, yeah, you know, outside of the country or whatever. So I'll yeah, have this pill or whatever. But then it's like when he next, literally the next word is, yeah, then, you know, I'm yeah. already awake. I might as well keep going. Like, oh, oh, Taz,
0: buddy. I'll, what I'll are you doing? doing? <laughs> well, he's, you know, he goes to jail because he, he hits his wife. Yeah. And then, you know, like, again, you're going to just, you're kind of going to reap what you sow a little bit. You're going to yeah. go to jail. You're not, you know, not going to be able to do the things you wanted to do. He, At, at some point, you know, we cut back to Ben and mm-hmm. that, that girlfriend that he had is, you know, his life is just spiraling and his girlfriend winds up is found dead, you know, like in, in a river and and Ben is eventually, do you, do you want to tell the audience what happens to Ben after his girlfriend is found dead?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, Oh man, talking about like just shocking events one after the other.
0: Yeah. The movie is not, is it, it used to be kind of fun <laughs> with everything and like it was tense with the Tony Hawk and, and Taz kind of, you know, one versus one thing and yeah, the build yeah. up to that. But after that, the movie is pretty much, spirals. it's going to get just more depressing mm-hmm. with yep. each, you know, passing thing that happens.
2: Totally. Totally. So, you know, in Feb of 2007, obviously, which we talked about, Taz uh, assaults his wife, goes to prison for that and finds out that he will be deported back to Australia. Um, then in March, uh, Ben is down at the Paran skate park, hanging out with one of his old mates, Dom, mm-hmm. who uh, Dom asks him, hey, mate, where's your, where's your board? And then Ben's like, I don't need my board anymore. He's like, oh, That's a bit strange. Mm. He's like, Can I come and stay at your house for a few days? So, Dom, being good friends, like, Yeah, sure, no worries, you know, tries to cheer him up, ask him what's what's on his mind. Uh, when he asks him, Ben starts crying and says, He can't remember anything. I don't know what happened. Uh, Dom replies, What do you mean what happened? Ben says, All he remembers is waking up on a bench in the city a few days before and dropping a Xanax. Mm. And then. Dom sees a news report, Lynette, who is uh, Ben's partner, is found wrapped in material weighed down by a backpack with weights in it at Dyke Falls in Abbotsford.
0: And she's dead, yeah. And she's dead, yeah. So... Uh, <laughs> she, she wasn't just found, like, oh, I'm just... Snoozing. Oh, yeah, good point, yeah. I'm just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <Don't laughs> I'm just kidding, she's Definitely. Just
2: kidding. <laughs> she's definitely dead, yeah, unfortunately. Um... And
0: just, Found, founder of cole's stocking yeah up on, uh, exactly you know, milk and just doing some weights and some a peanut backpack. butter yeah. yeah
2: uh so yeah and then the feds come to dom's house and they show him photos uh dom identifies that that was his backpack that he gave to ben literally six months earlier yeah and then the second photo they show him is a picture of his doona his like blanket cover that he also gave to ben um and yeah that was the one that ben wrapped yeah. I in that in. Um yeah, it's oh man, it's shocking. That's
0: yeah, it's really shocking. Really sad. Yeah, really um, sad. Yeah. Ben eventually is going to take his own life. Uh, or assume mm-hmm. we assume he takes his own life, he's drowned. He's and around. um yeah, and documents. Taz is Taz is in jail at the time hearing the news and he loses his mind, essentially. Not loses his mind, he he's just it's it's like next level, he's lost his brother, you know. It's couldn't imagine. Yeah. But Taz, when he gets back to Australia, uh, he decides he's going to go on this little mission to, what, like South America, to Brazil or something?
2: Yeah. So literally six months later, uh, he gets yeah, deported back, gets on the hill, like a bit of a bender, and then he decides stupidly to go to Argentina there for four days with four grand, gets a bag uh, with two discs, so 500 grams of coke in each disc, so uh, a kilo of cocaine uh flies back to sydney he says it has a moment of clarity uh you probably should just insert this clip in um Mm. it's hilarious just like oh my god dude but anyway he gets back to lands in sydney has a moment of clarity where he realizes holy shit what am i doing um but by that stage it's already way too late a bust him with a kilo of coke that's been like not even really hidden between his boards And, um, yeah, he gets sentenced to three years in prison.
0: Yeah, he's done an extremely sloppy job of trying to cover it up. but He's just drug fuck. Like, I had no idea at this point in the film what his plan was. I was like, what's a disc? He's grinding down a disc? And I figured it out eventually, but I was like, what's he doing? Yeah. I thought he was going to go to a hotel room and and just, like, kill himself with drugs or something. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I mean, and that's, I mean, like, that's pretty much... We're almost at the end of the film, there, right there, you we know, are pretty much, yeah. And he's, you know, he's got he's got a new wife by the end of the film, and a, another kid, and a great moment of him, you know, when he's coming out of jail, giving his kid a hug. Seems like they caught that mm-hmm. legitimately on, you know, that real moment on camera. Yeah, but man, what a wild ride! Like,
2: what a wild ride, yeah. And it's like you know, you kind of root for him at the end too. You yeah. can tell that, like, you know, as he says, prison was good for him. Forced him to go straight and face his issues. Yeah, what do you say? He cried a lot, thinking about Ben as a kid, about him as a kid, and how it all turned out for both of them.
0: Oh man, I got teary when he's talking about how his new kid, with his you know his young right, like four-year-old yeah. kid, is looking like Ben. I, I got really emotional yeah. on that. But I was oh, like, really damn, are. dude. But um, the movie, like, that's what I really enjoyed about it. It, it, like I said, it didn't shy away from all the nitty-gritty, you know, warts-and-all kind of style of their life. And um, yes, um it was a really sad and interesting story. And, you know, a lot of it was new to me mm-hmm. as well. But I imagine even if you're familiar with them, it's it's still going to be uh, a really enjoyable watch. I hope people check this one out.
2: Yeah, me too. And I totally agree with you. I think if he knows some of this stuff, it'll still be interesting to watch. Um And I, I had similar reaction to you, man. I think those, some of the real human moments, like when he's – talking about, you know, him crying and how it all turned out badly mm. for him and Ben, like that got me going. Um, him at the end, of course, with his little kid, Billy. And oh, it's just, yeah, I really fell for him. It was interesting to see, I don't know about you, but I had to look up see what's Taz doing now afterwards. Yeah. Uh, he's still skating. Oh, so awesome. I literally saw that he'd landed a 540 on a mega ramp uh, literally earlier last year. Oh wow! So yeah, so he's still skating. So that's amazing. Um, How
0: old would he be now? I mean, he's got to be at least like oh, yeah. eight, or nine years older than us, right? So he he's got to be in his mid forties now, right?
2: Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
0: Oh uh, man! Yeah. yeah wow. Good recommendation, man. I'm glad you um brought this one for the episode. Thanks, dude. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Yeah,
2: awesome, awesome.
0: All right, should we? Uh, well, let's let's move on to yours. All right, let's. Uh, We'll take a quick moment and then we're going to um, come back for hands on we
1: Tuesday morning at 7 a.m., they'll gather around a brand new good-looking Nissan hard-body truck and they'll stand there as long as they can. And the last one remaining wins that beautiful truck. you
2: got to be a nut to do it. Russell's out here in boots. Thanks for five minutes every hour. What? And 15 minutes every six hours.
1: My husband and I have been praying for a truck and I believe that this is what God wants us to do. And she started laughing. And I said, oh, praise the Lord, that's so neat, because I was praying for her right during that time. And I know there were other people I'm not taking the credit for. I'm going to win the truck. Praise the minute. This is when the big dogs hunt, you know. You can't hunt with the big dogs. You get up on the porch with the pups. Truck make money. Cars don't make money. I can stay up about 101 hours without sleep. My feet's not hurting as bad. They've done got numb. My back's not hurting as bad. It's done got numb. I don't like being numb. Numb. I would compare it to uh, killing a deer
0: the first time. First time you kill a really big animal. It's exhilarating. And you feel like you could jump to the moon. All right, so, yeah, Hands on a Hard Body. This is a 1997 film uh, directed by... S. R. bindler oh nice um so this one is a movie that is about you know those competitions where people are like you know endure some physical torture to win something you know like Mm -hmm. um hold your wii for a nintendo wii type of thing where people are getting all sorts of medical problems this is one of those yeah it's based on in 1994 in longview texas There's a competition. Who can keep their hand on the pickup truck the longest Mm -hmm. is going to win that truck. And right off the bat, you get, uh, you know, the film is really good at telling the audience just why the truck is important to different people. You know, some people want it for financial gain. Um, Some people want it for work. Um, Some people have placed all their hopes and prayers on, you know, getting this truck. It means a lot to these people
1: yeah
2: sure does yeah i feel like a lot of these people really that's part of one of its strengths in this movie is like you're like oh you really can really feel their struggle their desire like you really root for these people like oh man yeah like you know these people all feel rightfully deserving you know i feel like if any of these people had won i'd be like yeah cool you know
0: good for you yeah oh uh, absolutely like the characters that you get are uh really fun and really awesome yeah and the you know the movie it does a lot of things it's it's funny at one point and um and then it's also it's like human drama gets thrown around a lot definitely human drama but for a movie that's just this film crew that decided to you know you know instead of making like a documentary about something serious with deep research and whatnot Mm -hmm. it really is just that pure like just put the cam, get the cameras there to to witness something happen and and capture like some interviews. and um, this simple or seemingly simple competition for who can keep their hands on a truck the longest becomes this insight into human values. and really, really worthwhile yeah. watch. I, I definitely recommend people watch it because so much fun of the film is the buildup of who is going to make it to the end to win this thing. And I think we said, mm-hmm. you know, how important spoiler alert was before for all this mayhem. It's extra important here, people. So, yeah, I agree.
2: It's, all, yeah, equally as important here for sure. Yeah. You can find
0: this movie on yeah, archive.org. Totally it's free if you want to find it. It's a bit of potato quality, oh, but it's cool. it was kind of filmed with potato cameras. So, you're really, yeah, good I point. got the archive.org <laughs> version on my big TV. Didn't bother me at all, like the compression rates, so... There's no excuses for this one, um, and it is highly recommended. Awesome. The way I found out about this movie was video clips where Quentin Tarantino was re- um, recommending this documentary to people. It's like his go-to film recommendation, just for the average, you know, movie enjoyer. It's, it doesn't have to be the specific hard-to-enjoy oh, cool. thing. It's just okay. something anyone can get into, and um, and I've, yeah, I've yeah. sort of done a similar thing. I enjoyed it so much that I'll just tell people. If they're interested in docos or whatever, I'll just say, oh, you know, yeah, it's a pretty amazing documentary. It's one of the best I've ever seen because it's sort of, you know, it, that's my personal preference too. But um, mm-hmm. um it, I've never failed to have someone come back and tell me like, Dude, that that was awesome, you know everyone's enjoyed it that I've recommended it to. It's so easy to enjoy, I guess I agree. I
2: can't imagine anyone disliking this movie honestly,
0: oh good, I'm glad you liked it i I, I was sorry, I meant to ask you what you thought of the movie, but yeah no, you're all right. Glad to you're hear right. You enjoyed yeah. it
2: I mean it kind of goes about saying <laughs> is what I'm, it kind of goes about saying that you know that I would enjoy this, I think because yeah we talked about it briefly before. the characters are so interesting the you know the the human element of you know trying to succeed in this yeah you know arduous uh competition is really super interesting um yeah it's it's really well done it's just really well put together uh and yeah you just it's wild it's wild wild how long it goes for yeah yeah purely purely like i just kept having holy shit moments where i was like wait 25th hour yeah wait Twenty eight hour, like I'm like, oh my god! This is how long
0: are these people gonna be here for? Like, it's it's not It man. starts at seven a.m. on one day, and yep. the um, it's gonna go for seventy eight hours, and um, you meet all the different characters, and there's one guy called Benny. He won the same competition two years ago, mm-hmm. and he is a great interview that guy he is he's also a fan of Highlander too which is great <laughs> yeah he loves Highlander this reminds me of a movie i saw <laughs> Highlander you know he's saying there can be only one of course yeah he's a great interview though he, he really is. comes out with some like deep insights into you know exactly uh, like what is making the documentary so enjoyable as well? Because you're getting mm-hmm. this great, like I said, this great build-up to who's going to win, and then these great characters, but also just this insight into the bonds that are formed between these people and what it takes—this yeah. mental endurance—and you got to you got to maintain your sanity and all these other great little snippet quotes. I imagine the filmmakers interviewing him were like, "This is incredible," because they keep mm. cutting back to him, uh, yeah. his interviews For good throughout reason. the course yep. of the competition. Oh yeah. And and some of the other characters too. Like, did you uh, did you have a favorite character?
2: Uh one of my favorites actually was Claire, who was she was one of the first to get knocked out. Yeah, um, I think she was like twelfth hour or something. I think she might have been the second person to leave. Um, but I just I just loved her reaction. It was just like the interviewer was like, "Oh, you're asking her how how she was going," and she's like, "Yeah, I feel good. I'm amped up, but my back is killing me." Yeah, <laughs> it
0: just cracked me up.
2: I'm like. I feel you, Claire. I've I was able to my back would be killing me too.
0: Dude, I, I I tried standing up just to watch this film. I was like, yeah, no, they're standing up. I can I can stand up for 90 minutes. I, I made it like twenty-five minutes before I sat back down. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how they were able to stand up for so long. Right. And um Oh my god. And like, you know, one of the fun parts of it is you've got this expert, Benny, like we said, he won two years before, and he's kind of, you know, judging and critiquing other people's choices. Mm-hmm. Like one guy is eating his Snickers bars constantly. He's like, oh yeah, he's not gonna. Win. Oh yes. One guy's got boots on. He's like, yeah, he, he's he's not gonna win. Yeah. Uh, and meanwhile, Benny is like smoking cigarettes, and <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, I guess he, you know, he, he's gone the distance before, um, and he's kind of teaching some of his skills. He's got this protege named JD, and JD is the oldest contestant in the game. Yeah. Like, there's so many characters, and the movie does you know give you uh great little snippets and bits of a lot of them you get to know some of them quite well and uh yeah Benny and JD become close friends that's one thing that I really loved about the documentary is Mm. that these people do form a bond and it's the documentary isn't going to you know fictionalize drama or try to you know pull maybe not drama but uh, like disputes or um, you know, oh, this person doesn't like this person, and whatnot. It's not going to try to milk anything like that out of there. For
2: no, you're you are right. You know,
0: kind of like this shallow entertainment. Also it's like more like a modern reality TV show. It's oh god, yeah. it's not like Real Housewives where everything is <laughs> exactly. just an yeah. argument. It's yeah. it's it's much better though because they are forming these bonds and yeah. um and talking about it. And you're like, damn man, like like competition is is touching on these really like humanistic things, which is kind of like some of the special source of this film.
2: Oh, I agree. I agree. Like when Paul comes along to support Norma after he Uh, gets knocked down. Yeah. He's
0: um, so wholesome. uh, And like at first I was like, ah, the dude is just into Angie. Angie is this beautiful young woman part of the competition. And and he's talking about, you know, the people standing next to you might be your best friend and you'll never know it. It's like, damn, that's really insightful. Mm -hmm. And then it cuts to him just with his hand over Angie. Angie might be looking a little bit like, Oh, I don't know what to do with this guy. <laughs> right, That's exactly
2: what I thought. But no, then as it goes along, you're like, actually, you know what? I think Paul's just... He's the real deal. Really he's a sweet
0: person. Yeah. He, he comes back and he, he's referring to these people as his family. Yep. And his line, like I just said it, but his line about how... Well, I mean, at first, like so many characters that you meet are sort of, they've all got a similar attitude. They've all kind of got the same approach. Mm. Their attitude is like, Yeah, I'm in it to win it. I'm in it for the long haul. These people don't even know. And then Paul Prince is the guy who has that attitude and it looks like he's doing quite well. And all of a sudden he just taps out. Yeah. And and his line after tapping out is like, I realized, you know, that I was here with these people, you know, we're all suffering together. And um and suddenly he's all you know, not suddenly, but but he's he's realized that it's more about the bonds that he's formed with other people and he's there to support. He keeps calling them his family. It's like, man, shit, it's just beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> And he right? does. He shows up at the end to support Norma and he's got these like really nice moments with Norma um, at the end of the competition. But yeah. I won't jump the gun just yet. It's all about yes. you know who's going to come to the end. We should say who Norma is. We keep talking about her.
2: <laughs> yes, we should. Yes.
0: So Norma is... Uh, She's a lady from the local church. She she is very spiritual. She mm-hmm. has a walkman with a you know headphones. She's really doing well in the competition and she's listening to her headphones and she's got that you know power of the spirit of the lord. So um she's you know laughing and every time she breaks into like a laughing fit which you know is going to be from fatigue and all that but she's attributing it to uh, what did she say? Like the joy of the Lord or something. <laughs> yeah. Something like
2: that. Yeah.
0: But she believes that she's got God on her side to yep. win this truck. She says that she sold her truck when she was selected to participate in the hands on the hard body competition. Cause she was so confident that, you know, she was going to win. Mm-hmm. And, um, and like I said, a lot of the characters are confident, but Norma is, yeah. Like she's special. She's, She's going to be there till the bitter end, you know, and, um, ah, it's great. And, and yeah. Paul Prince is like really sweet with her as well.
2: Yeah. He really is. Yeah. Yeah. She also has, you know, her whole church behind her, you know, a hundred, 200 plus people praying for her and they come at, you know, throughout at certain points to like, you know, cheer her on and so on yeah. as well. Yeah. It gives her a little bit of a, a boost.
0: Yeah. Everyone's like, I don't know what she has in those tapes she's listening to, but it seems like when she listens to those tapes, she's a new woman. Yeah. And yeah. she's always saying stuff like, oh, my feet hurt, but then I listen to the tape and the and the pain goes away. Mm-hmm. Laugh the pain away. <laughs> yes.
2: Um, uh, and then the other person we have is, um, you probably know, you, you might have actual notes for the person's name. I can't remember his name, but the military guy.
0: Oh, I don't remember his name, but yeah, that that, that's one of the... Ex-Marine. ex-marine? Yeah, that like that's where the the editing in this thing is so on point for this film. Mm. They must have so much footage because it's a huge competition, and then all of the people they're interviewing, you know. So earlier on in the film, we meet the characters or some of the key players, and we meet this guy Benny. Like I said, he won two years earlier, and Benny is like, you know, I, I've got what it takes to win. He's he's really like he seems kind of, he's not bragging or boasting. He, he is very, it, it feels like he has experienced something and he knows what he's getting into and he knows the, the value in it. So it, it doesn't come across like he's bragging, but he's like, um, I know that I can probably go, you know, 80 hours. He went 87 hours last time when he won the truck and he's like, I'm going to go tons more hours. I think the only person that could beat me at this point would be someone that's straight out of the Marine Corps because they've got that mentality. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to this guy you're talking about. He's like, yeah, I just got out of the Marine Corps. <laughs> And um, how long does the Marine Corps guy make it? Like what, forty hours? He's not. Yeah, yeah.
2: I mean, you know, still decent. I mean, still more than as we just talked before than we could. But um, yeah, you're right. He doesn't make it to the uh, final. Yeah, final few. Um, Oh yeah. But I did find it interesting that was uh, not to talk to film school documentary class in this episode. But I will say that was the one moment that I noticed that the film. Uh, became more participatory rather than mm. purely observational was when the we hear the documentarian ask the ex serviceman which service he was in. Did you notice that? No, no.
0: What did I miss? You, we
2: you talked about the uh, marine ex marine guy. Uh, he talks that he was mentions that he was in the marine corps. He says yeah. it, and then the uh, we don't really hear it properly. All he says it was in the service. Sorry, and then the documentarian. You hear his voice over the interview say, what service What service were you in? Mm. To which the uh, ex-Marine replies, the Marine Corps. But yeah. having that moment of the documentarian talk makes the film less a purely observational documentary because now suddenly the documentarian is part of the documentary.
0: Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like they're always—it's very tiny. In people's and it's, face not, and it's not
2: a criticism. It's more just like a, it was like a little. Oh, that's interesting. Like to have that included,
0: that they didn't just, you know, they were trying to cut like, around that, clue something. him in. Like, dude, you, you have to, you know, if this guy doesn't mention that he's in the Marine Corps, we're, you know, we're not going to be able to set it up the way we want yes, to. Yes, exactly. So it's like yeah. just, hey, hey, bro, which which one were you in again? Oh, the Marine Corps. Uh, yeah, funny. And you just
2: that say we that. talked <laughs> about this a little bit in the. Um, uh, what was the episode? The uh the gaming one, now I'm forgetting the name. Um King of Kong. Uh, King of Kong, thank you. How could I forget the name? Um but we oh, talked about King sure. of Kong about um just you know, a little bit about documentary filmmaking and that whole like what's real and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, oh, and King so of Kong just, is
0: a wild one because that, that whole thing that you're talking about, it turns out the behind the scenes were even crazier than
2: Exactly, and so not
0: not what they presented, but much, <clears throat> much wilder, you know. <laughs> yeah, and so this is just one,
2: this is just a small moment where it feels a little constructed, mm. is in that moment, but other than that, it's, it's, I mean, they say, I think I was reading somewhere, it's something like it's an absurd amount of hours of docu of footage that they've basically cut down.
0: Oh, totally, to make yeah. this,
2: uh, and so yeah. Again, not a criticism of the film, just more of a like a a little observation that I made of like, huh, that's interesting that they, yeah, kept that in. So as you mentioned, so they could construct that little link there.
0: Oh yeah, and I don't I don't mind that kind of thing. Like the guy, if the guy really was in the Marine Corps, it's 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 really just like the audience needs to know that he was yeah. in the Marine Corps because Benny has said the only dude that can that he thinks is going to be able to beat him is that. And saying, it's just that fun little editing moment there are so yes, many fun moments yep. like that like your favorite character that says they have a bad back and yes. um <laughs> yeah you know just cutting to things where it's um you know referencing people having poor choice in the foods they're going to eat then cutting to people eating hamburgers on their breaks mm-hmm. and um yeah oh man uh yeah, hey, some we great should...
2: some great editing in this
0: in this documentary we should mention as well one of the other um, main competitors that's going to get in the top final four yep. is a young lady named Kelly, and she's you know got the right shoes, she's got the yes, right diet, right. yes, meal choices on her breaks, so she's doing all the right things. And she says, um, "I I don't think anyone old is going to be able to win it. It's a young person's game," mm-hmm. and which is interesting because the other guy, like we mentioned, JD before, yep, uh, he's the oldest contestant in the game. And Benny is, you know, he's a bit older as well. Like he's over middle age, that's for sure. And a lot of the young people do tap out pretty bloody quick. It's um, yeah. Even the meth head couple, like there's this one yes, lady named Janice. Janice. Yeah, she's got no front or you know no teeth in her bloody mouth. I I uh-huh. assume from doing years of drug abuse. And even she can't stay awake for you know like two days. She she goes off in a huff because she's claiming that people are taking their hands off the truck and mm-hmm. the cameras are seeing it, but the judges aren't. And she's she goes off in a half like, nah, um, she can't deal with it anymore. And then there's a shot of this young woman, Kelly, that I mentioned saying, you know, oh, yeah, people are definitely doing it. Um, you know, we're seeing people do this, this and this. And then it just cuts. The next moment we get is the judges clarifying a rule and, and Kelly is just taking both hands off the truck and demonstrating oh can i do this and like yeah sure but then she puts her hand back on and the camera catches it all it's all like you know yeah the film makes a point to show like oh we just caught it on camera none of the other contestants or judges pick it up either so um (laughs) like jumping ahead a little bit kelly is eventually going to get into the final four kelly should have been out you know like 30 hours prior she like people are taking their hand off the truck janice has a reason to be upset um, I'm going all over the place here. I'm sorry, but while we're on Janice, can we talk about her very supportive... Husband? <laughs> um, husband. <Yeah. laughs> I can't yes remember his place. name, but he pops, on, he pops into the camera. He's got no teeth either. Um, and <laughs> yeah, they're, which I don't, I don't, they're I don't, a real I match up, though. Yeah, I don't want to joke about it, but it, it's just no, funny no, no. because he's a meth head talking about how he can stay up for days and days. <laughs> and he's got <laughs> this like box cardboard hat that says like, go Janice. And uh-huh. he's talking about... He's 22-ton air conditioning. Most people have a 3-ton air conditioner, and
2: you've got a 20-ton. Can you, got a 20-ton sp- can you explain to me what a 20-ton air t-
1: 20-ton air unit is big enough to cool that Kmart store right there. And the only reason I've got a 20-ton is because I got a good buy on it in Paris, Texas. A store went out of business, and it was a brand-new unit, and they just practically gave it to me. And I said, well, this sort of cooled my house, but I didn't know it would bring it down to 12, which is below zero. But we did find out real quick it would.
0: But he seems like a very supportive guy, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. They've got the kids there as well, and they're saying, you know, go Janice. And <laughs> oh, my God, I'm happy you oh, brought dear. him up. That
2: whole bit where he talks about his 20-ton air conditioner <laughs> that he bought from Paris, Texas, wink, wink, nudge, nudge to a prior episode. Oh,
0: really? I missed him saying he bought it in Paris, Texas.
2: Yeah, I was like, oh, my God, what? Um, yeah, oh, it was, great. It
0: was. he was just great. Yeah, he was just a real character. Yeah, yeah. That that like, there's so many. We're we're not going to be able to cover them all, of course. No. But like, the film is giving nice moments well, to another to, one. I will quickly say is the stuntman guy. Oh yeah, which one is the stuntman guy again? Yeah, he's the. Is uh, he the like dude the... wearing boots, cowboy boots? No, no. He's like the red haired
2: dude. Sort of. He also looks like he could maybe had a little run, a little bit of partying with drugs in the past. The younger ah. dudes.
0: Oh the young Oh yeah, like with orange hair, like yeah. dyed orange hair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he, so many of these young people are just they're just tapping out early. Well, but they're I mean, they're making be fair, it like 30 something. Well,
2: hours. he drops out in the 30th hour. I've got yeah. a few notes of when people drop out here. Um I mean, Janice makes it to 36 hours. Um and then my, another one I'll quickly branch in which just sort of an interesting guy is I can't remember his name. He's the black guy who wants his tennis shoes to come. He wants his girlfriend to bring her his yeah. tennis shoes. But he's like waiting until I think it takes him to like the twenty eighth hour to get his tennis shoe. Oh
0: man. Um, he's he's also great. Um yeah,
2: there's so many there's so many great characters in this. Um
0: it, it reminded me a lot of um like I recently watched Nashville, the Robert Altman film. Have you ever seen that movie? Yeah,
2: uh, no, I haven't actually. No, it's, I've been on my watch list forever.
0: Me too. It was on my watch list for a, a very, very long time, and I finally got around to it, like just after the new year, maybe, or right before. Amazing movie, like absolutely incredible film. Yeah, cool. And um, and it reminded me of that in a way. Just, just all these characters weaved in, and you know, Nashville. It's it's set in Nashville during a political campaign, and okay. it's all about like you know the country music scene. All, lots of different characters in that Nashville film and the film feels like a documentary just for that kind of style of acting and um mm-hmm. and the, the way that they decided to shoot that film felt like a documentary you know there are big scenes with lots of extras and lots of people and there's like 24 main cast members it's like a real oh, wow you know like how Paul Thomas Anderson is doing you know Magnolia and those types of movies with a wide yeah. cast and interweaving stories well that's sort of that Robert Altman style. He He's doing that with stuff like MASH and Nashville mm-hmm. in the 70s. And um, though Long and this, Goodbye
2: doesn't have a huge cast. So that's one of my favorites of his. Which
0: one? The Long Goodbye. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, he's got yeah, all sorts. But, but, uh, but in terms oh, I'm glad of this, you like that movie.
2: The Long Goodbye is amazing. I love that movie. It's one of my favorites. But yeah, continue. Sorry. I feel like I just, I just had to mention
0: <laughs> that movie. No, nah, dude. nah, it's all good. I, I'd love you to watch Nashville, though. I think you would really love it. I think I would. And too, yeah. um, and that movie is doing. It reminded me heavily of that because, yeah. that that film is kind of just catching this very like realistic kind of day in the life of style thing. Yeah. And this movie is doing the exact same thing. Like multiple peoples, it's it's like this kind of unique. it's not, it's not a subculture. It's just like a culture in this Texas town you know, the importance of what a truck means to these people. Mm. And, you know, you get like the fun little radio snippets. You get those in Nashville too. Of course, oh, you know, it's wow. all scripted in Nashville, but it's always, you know, like radio moments and things like that. Uh, so it gave me like big vibes. And then when I was looking it up, I saw yeah, I gonna, that... I was hoping
2: when you are going to get here. Yeah, continue.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I, I saw that um, Robert Altman in the early 2000s was planning to do a feature film right. based on this doco. Yeah, I yeah. was like, oh, sweet. That's a nice little... I'm glad that I, yeah, but um, definitely watch Nashville and this film. You were hearing that
2: about Nashville. I'm like, oh, that's so interesting. Like, yeah, I was just like, as soon as I saw Robert Altman's name, I was like, oh, sick. It's like, I have seen plenty of other movies, like The Player, that was another one I really like of his movies. Um, Yeah. But I was like, I just haven't seen Nashville for some reason yet. (laughs) It'll eventually happen. But hearing what you're saying about that movie in relation to like, some of the similarities with this. It was like, oh, yeah. how interesting. Um, but yeah, as oh, soon as man. I saw his name, I'm like, oh, amazing. I can't believe Robert Altman. That that would have been an amazing movie. I would have loved to have seen his Oh, God. Of, I, I, of me this.
0: too. I mean, this documentary is just as, you know, it, this is the the real thing. I mean, it's great to have oh, of this. Course. But yeah. I would have loved to have seen that as well. Yeah. Um, Nashville you see is those like that, a magic uh... trick, man. It's It's sort oh, of yeah. like, how did he manage to pull that off he apparently shot just hours and hours and hours. He had so much footage oh, that he wow. shot for that film, and he condensed it into an almost three-hour movie. But apparently, he had so much footage he could have made, or he was planning to do like a um, like a TV series out of all the extra oh, footage okay. he had, because there's so many characters, and he would just shoot everything. And then, wow. hey, if you get in the movie, you get in the movie. But you know, ah, uh, insane film. Wow, as well. really loved it
2: for the seventies.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like holy shit. Uh, but the way he... Well, I, you know, I won't keep talking about Nashville on the... double <laughs> <part, laughs> no, But uh, it just but reminded it, me of it d- in the sense that it it sort of used that small, like, kind of culture of, of you know, mixed group of people in this yeah. sort of very, like, location-based culture, I guess. Like, in Texas, it's important to have a truck. In Nashville, it's, you know, mm. being a country music star in the country music scene is so you know um sort of linked in with the culture of course but then yeah. then also like just having this um just having this i don't know like this nice little insight into uh like that experience that they're going through because this yeah. movie is funny because it's kind of like these some of these working class like drug addicts are in there and you kind of can have a giggle at them and you can have a mm. chuckle at the people like check out this person that's willing to put their hand on a truck for three days. Like, isn't that stupid? Isn't that dumb? <laughs> but like Benny says in one of his, his interviews, it's it's sort of like, it's not about the truck anymore. It's about, yeah. um, he can't explain it as well, but it's sort of like this joint experience that they're having with these other people, like watching Charlie. these people that you become friends with, like watching them suffer and, um, and like the exhilaration that you get from when somebody drops out And then also just the strong bonds you're forming with them. And like I said that quote before during the oldest mayhem section where it was the value in losing because it means that you tried, you know, you put yourself out there even though you might Mm -hmm. get hurt. He's saying like it's teaching you these human values. It's like, it's just an amazing, um, like this movie is also like pulling a nice little magic trick, like just like Nashville. It's kind of, it's almost effortlessly touching on these things like that i imagine documentary filmmakers would just you know it's like a gold mine yeah in sure. in like the most unexpected of places you know
2: yep yep that makes a lot of sense yeah um speaking of like adaptations though did you say that they made a uh, broadway musical
0: oh yeah i actually in researching it i i saw it and then i forgot to do any notes on it did you get like well from what i gather
2: it, it played it was 2013 i think it was only for what was it playing 28 previews and 28 performances yeah uh but musical received three tony award nominations so there you go that's pretty cool yeah Uh, i love that but yeah like i think everything you're saying about nashville like i make oh man you're making me really excited to to watch nashville maybe uh maybe that's my movie for tonight
0: after this oh please please do it's it's really worth it and um it's a long film but okay if you like this film, I think coming off the back of this, you'll be in the right headspace to enjoy Ooh, Nashville.
2: Maybe that's the, uh, maybe that's a potential double. As much as I, uh, obviously want everybody to go see all this mayhem, uh, maybe, um, if you're for, if you feel like maybe not two, two docos, maybe a doco and a live action, maybe, uh, Hands on a Hard Body in Nashville is the, uh, a good double feature.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, I'm in full support of anybody watching that movie. And I'm late to the party. There might be people out there kind of pulling their hair out going, yeah, no shit. It's a great movie. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Um, we should do more 70s movies, though. We should. And, yeah. I mean, we there's should.
2: a reason it's been on my watch list forever because I have, as you were just hinting at, but yeah. many, people, many people know, I've mentioned and talked about and uh, rave about Nashville over the years. And so it's been one of those movies that... It'd be mean to get around to for a long
1: time.
0: Yeah. Oh, good. I hope you do watch it. When you do, well, let's let's have a chat about it. All right. Sounds good. Um But like this film, should we? I'm thinking like, do we spoil the the way the film plays out, or should we? I think like, have we given people enough information to to say like, oh, just just go watch this movie. It's out there. Should well, we spoil it, or just... should we leave it to people to enjoy? Because I imagine people aren't gonna push pause on the podcast and go watch it, but they really should.
2: I know we have a habit of spoiling movies we did it with this we did it with all this mayhem just before and I honestly strongly urge people to go watch it rather than hear us spoil it but um, I'm happy I'm happy for either way man up to you use your pick so if you, you like to keep it a secret then uh, feel free because, yeah, I mean, it is important that people watch it.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, if you at all are interested in documentaries or even if you're just a casual, you know, um, movie watcher and you just want a recommendation for, you know, tonight, definitely yeah. find it anywhere you can. Like, if you have the ability to chuck, you know, the the browser, internet browser on your TV, it's free on archive.org, like I said. Yeah, but, I love that. That's amazing. Um, there's so many great movies on archive.org. There it's is, silly, yeah. It's silly, but... Uh, But I I reckon let's not spoil it. I think we've given people enough information to set up like why they would enjoy it and, you know, what the the general gist of it. Mm. But I think in all this mayhem, we were kind of running through like what happens to these people. But in this one, so much of the film is based on the idea of like so much of the enjoyment is what who is going to win this truck? Yeah, true. Um, the competition itself, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so all this mayhem can still be enjoyed knowing what happens to those characters. I think hands mm-hmm. on a hard body is much, much better going in, uh, more blind, yeah.
2: I, I, I feel yeah, And also because you just, you know, you're jumping around like, oh, shit, is it going to be Norma? Is it going to be JD? Is it going to be, you know, um, Claire? Is it going to be Angie? Yeah. You know I mean? There's so many people. Is it going to be Kelly? Like, who is it going to be? Like. It's
0: yeah, we've um, given little spoilers on you know, we have, like so we've before, obviously told like talked, Kelly's we, in the top four, but that's okay. Yeah, it does, and doesn't matter
2: as well. We know that, but there is still a, quite a few we've mentioned that you don't know what's going to happen to them. So
0: yeah, it's really uh, unpredictable. I, it's very unpredictable. Yes, and um, and you were you were telling me before, like when we were chatting about it, because I was asking you in like in the messages, um, what do you think? And you said, Oh the first you know twenty minutes wasn't so sure, but then it just completely got me. Yep, and I think a lot of people may have a similar thing. Like get through it, you know. You're not just watching some shitty low rent documentary from the '90s. It's mm-hmm. Actually, it's right up there.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I 100 percent agree. I will uh, say a few little quick things that we've got to mention that I thought was interesting. That there was also a second and third prize. I thought that was kind of cool. Oh, um, really? What were they? Yeah, second place gets a two hundred fifty dollars, two hundred fifty dollars in cash, and third gets a gift card. Wow, um, which, I, which I thought was kind of nice. At least they didn't just have one prize for everybody. They brought it. They they put in breaks. You know, was it five yeah. minutes? Five minutes every hour, lunch break every six hours. So yeah. it was it was good. Like because it was interesting. Like when it kind of got going, I was kind of like, oh my god. Like we you talk about an endurance test, and that's obviously part of the appeal of the movie. But it was also like, how does this work? <laughs> like. Especially like, you know, OH and and things like that. Like, um, you know, these but, you know, the hear that they gave them breaks every hour and lunch breaks and all this kind of stuff. It was like, okay. So, you know, they were obviously actively trying to you yeah. know, not kill these people basically, not to try and make it as a challenge, obviously, but um they, you know, were putting in some measures to help out here and there and doing drug tests as well and things like
0: that. There's lots goes on. That was funny. The drug tests. Like I'm glad Janice would, had tapped out of that point for the, for the drug. <laughs> she probably like, she probably walked off when she heard, Oh, they drug test the final four people or whatever. It's yeah. like, all right, I'm <laughs> yeah. out. Goodbye. But um, yeah, totally. I mean, I, I still think they do want these people to, you know, go hard. Like they've got oh, of course. radio I mean, coming of in to do thing. promotions yeah. for the car dealership and all that. But um, speaking of OH&S issues, I was watching a video with the, an interview with the filmmakers much, much later, like 2010 or whatever. And they were saying in 2005, the competition, I think it was the last year for the competition. Don't quote me on any of this, but mm. somebody, one of the contestants in 2005, you know, in the, you know, in the middle of the whole endurance test, walked yeah. into the Kmart that's next to the dealership. The dealership is right next to a Kmart, they keep mm-hmm. saying that. But he walked into the Kmart and bought a shotgun and killed himself. Wow. So um or or shot himself, you know. So they're like, wow. okay, uh, no more hands on a hard body It's yeah. done. Yeah, fair.
2: What's well, I was gonna ask it's so funny, because I was gonna ask you, are they still doing it? Because yeah, that that mental endurance is whew, it's something else. Like you know, people are buddy, people are seeing things, they're probably hearing things. Yeah. I mean, there's moments there where you're just like, you were talking about Norma and getting hyped up by her uh, cassette tapes. Um, I was like, and and, you know, laughing and that I'm like, these people look so crazy at moments where they're just, you know, laughing and totally delirious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, have you ever, have you ever been up for 24 or 48, 72 hours? Any several day thing?
0: Yeah, I have. Um, when I was traveling, and I couldn't sleep on a plane. Right, like I got mm. on a plane at you know seven p.m. at night, and then you know the next morning in another country, and then stayed mm-hmm. out all that night because jet lagged my sleep schedule was off, and then the whole next day. And so I've I've done like forty eight hours awake, yeah. and I've done. Um, I got into video games, like video game design. Yeah, and um, I'd always wanted to do video game design, but I couldn't get my head around the coding. And then I remember one year I found a program that I still use and it was more, you didn't have to know full coding. You could just know game logic and still okay. know a little bit of maths and stuff, but you didn't have to like, you know, code things in and, you know, oh, this awful thing. But when I discovered that uh, program and I had, you know, ideas and I, I remember staying up till, you know, the sun came up and I was mm-hmm. up all all night just doing it. Because I was just so like riding that high of feeling creative and doing it. But I remember specifically on like day two of staying up all night and you know, you know, have a few nap, a few hours nap in the morning, but Mm -hmm. then doing the process again, like at 5am, 6am when the sun's coming up, it feels like you're on drugs. (laughs) It's literally... Yeah. Uh, I felt like, man. I feel, I feel like I've taken illegal, you know, psychedelics or something. It's great. Oh
2: no, no, totally. I, I was literally you took the words out of my mouth. I remember doing that when I was in high school, going away and, you know, several day camp with some mates and two of us yeah. and we stayed up for three days and, you know, yeah, it was, yeah, we'll both getting delirious at that point. You know, laughing about nothing. You know, just it was yeah. that kind of stuff where I was like, yeah. So. It was totally like we we're high, but, you know, I mean, we were, you know, 15 year old, 16 or something and it's, you know.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I recommend it if if you're ever like, a, you know, a creative person and just want to get into a different headspace without having to worry about, you know, drugs and all that. Just yeah. stay up all night. It'll do this <laughs> very similar thing. It's fair. Or, it's or fair. at least it did for me. Yeah. But you can't, same, same. You, you can't so stay awake I mean, that long. Like there are severe like medical repercussions from... You know, lack of sleep, and yep. what is it like that gray matter in your brain is just growing and never going away. Mm-hmm. So um, it really is like at one point I think Benny, that guy that won years before, he's like it's it's not so much an endurance test as it is like how long can you maintain your sanity. Yeah, and it's like yes, exactly. absolutely. How long can you? I mean, because these you know, people, together. I, mean, I don't
2: want to say how long because it's, but it's let's just say it's wild out. Like it's if you think forty-eight hours is a whole lot, it's more than that. That's all oh
0: I'm no, yeah. I think I said earlier that it's like an eighty-hour competition. But okay. the, well, at one yeah, point, is, yeah, at one point, like at the forty-ish hour mark or something like that. Yeah, one of the characters says, "Yeah, this is the halfway point," and you're like, "Holy yeah. shit!" Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh no. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that was one of the things that really took me, I mentioned it a bit earlier, that took me back was moments like that where it was mm. like, wait a second. Uh, I mean, because Benny even says he wants to, at one point, he wants to break the world record of 102 hours.
0: Oh, no. Oh, and I'm
2: no. like, we'll get fucked. Like, come on.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, they they can do it. Like some of these people are only tapping out because they've got, um, like they've gone numb in the foot or numb in yeah. the ankle, things like that. But they are able to stay awake um, it it was insane to me just how, how I don't know like the the person that's that insane. wins uh, well you know what I won't say anything actually I'll cut that out but, um, yeah man I mean that that's hands on a hard body I I really yeah. recommend it. I'm glad you really enjoyed it too I kind of knew that this would be um right up your alley
2: yeah yeah of course I mean it's just a, it's just a good documentary I'm not surprised to hear that um Quentin Tarantino is also out there recommending it um. 'Cause yeah, it's it's a good one.
0: Yeah. I mean, like I was saying before, it's um it, it goes it's not just the novelty of these people staying awake for this long and who's gonna win and all that. It, I do no. want to stress that it, it's like you, you get much more out of it.
2: Exactly. And the struggles they've gone through together and all that kind of stuff.
0: And you take something away from the film. Like all good movies, you know, you yeah. you, you feel better having watched it, man. It's such a good one yeah well said. Yeah. um hey man hey uh, what should we like also talk about some of our other favorite docos or or are we kind of at the end now
2: i think i think we're kind of at the end but i think we yeah. should um definitely do more of these episodes uh i mentioned some at the start that i could have picked i've got plenty i'm sure you have plenty as well there's plenty of great documentaries out there so, yeah man uh, it'd be cool to do another doco double at some point
0: I felt like I've ignored documentaries for some time, so I'd be more than happy to do another um, doco double coming up soon. Yeah, um, and because yeah, like in thinking about it, I was like, oh, I know we did King of Kong, but there is so many yes. that we um, that would be really fun to talk about, and I just want to watch more of them. So um, I got to make up for lost time, having ignored them for so long. Ah, uh, well, yeah, I, as you said
2: earlier, I've got a big um, love for docos and uh, have plenty um that i uh could highly recommend so cool
0: i love that you're on board i am yeah love it anyway hey thanks everyone for listening this is Luke who's podcasting and um you can find us on the internet i believe yeah chuck
2: us a follow stroke as a like sorry don't, sorry one second my cat's interrupting
0: me can you hear Get out of here, Alfie! i can't hear alfie oh, okay oh good um oh now i can yeah you can <laughs>
2: Hey, Elfie, say hi to everybody. Oop, don't bite me. Um, yes, jack us a, uh, check us out on Instagram um, or send us an email at look podcasting at gmail.com.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, everybody. Thanks, <laughs> thanks everyone for listening. Bye.
1: Bye.